This podcast contains adult themes and is not intended for children. Listener discretion is advised. If you enjoy this content, please consider leaving us a five-star review wherever you listen, and follow us on Instagram at Tales Driftwood. Tales of Driftwood, where story is everything. As always, I'm your host, Eric, and today I'll be bringing you chapter 29 of Hyde. When we were last with each other, we saw Rogue free himself by destroying the generator in Vega's lab. As he attempted to escape Hyde, he was confronted by Mark Richter, but in a fit of rage when Richter tore off his mask, he savagely ended Richter's life before leaving Hyde. As he drove off, Vagan and newly transformed Wade watched him drive away. With no one there to stop them, Vega left the town of Hyde with Julian's best friend. So with all that being said, I give you Hyde Chapter 29. The hands of the many must join as one. The five survivors from the hospital shootout, Julian, Liam, Dorian, Clint, and Sammy, all arrived back at Archer's base after four in the morning. Despite the new power he felt flowing through his veins, and the anxiousness he had to get back to work and find Wade, Julian was utterly exhausted. He was delirious by the time he and the others walked in the doors of the base. Archer and Claire met them at the door and before he could be mobbed by excited townspeople desperate to see their savior, he was rushed down to the second level of the warehouse. Down there, he was shown to a secluded back area where beds were set up. Julian's eyes took in his surroundings quickly, and he realized that he was sharing the room with several wounded people. He opened his mouth to ask how the others in the room had been wounded, but was shushed, quiet, and gently guided down into his bed by Michaela, who was tending some of the wounded. She smiled sweetly at him as he closed his eyes. As the rest of the group walked back to the main level, Archer looked at Liam pointedly. Where's everyone else? Pierce and Morales went with you, and I thought you were going to be bringing back Wade, Max, and Adrian as well. What the hell happened? Liam sighed and rubbed the back of his head ruefully. Ah, brother, I'm sorry. Your mates that came with us are dead. Santana and his boys showed up before we did. 
Then all the fighting started. Something happened to them. They turned into... Well... They turned into these monsters. I guess that's the only straight way of putting it. Dismay and confusion were written over Archer's face. Monsters? What the hell are you talking about? Dorian was nodding. He's right. He and Clint were looking at everything through a window, but the little one and I were actually in the room. These fumes started filling the room and... I think it changed us. All of us. Archer searched his face earnestly. Are you saying that you and Sammy here are going to turn into monsters as well? Dorian smiled weakly. I... I don't know. I don't think so. The change happened instantly with those other guys. I feel like if we were going to change, we would have done it right then and there. I definitely feel different though. I can't describe it, it's just... Like I could do more now or something. I don't know. Archer hung his head reverently. They were my two best men. I know it sounds cliche to say, but those two were with me from the very beginning. It's a real shame they aren't going to be around to see us come out on top. Then again, by the time this is all over, I'm sure there will be others that will fall. Claire had moved quickly to Sammy. What does he mean you were in the room with him? You were supposed to get out of there as soon as you showed them the way. Sammy blushed at her shyly. I couldn't just leave them. She took his head in both of her hands and looked at him with concern. Did you breathe in those fumes? What do you feel like? The boy smiled at her wanly. Yeah, the smoke was everywhere. I feel like Dorian said. Weird and different. Not bad, just different. Claire wrinkled her brow and stood back up, looking at Clint. Did you see my brother anywhere? Clint sadly shook his head. No, I'm sorry, Claire. I looked everywhere. I don't get it. I really don't. What was he doing? Why did he turn himself in when he could have escaped with Liam and the boy? Claire sighed and looked around with a far-off look. I don't know, Cass. Adrian has always been stubborn and has always wanted to do everything his own way since I could remember. If he thought he had a good plan, no one would have been able to talk him out of doing it. Not even you or me. Clint smiled sadly and then gestured behind him. If it's alright with all of you, I think I'm going to lie down for a little while. I'm exhausted. Archer nodded to him and then looked around the group. I think we should all try to grab some sleep. I have a feeling that today or tomorrow might be what decides the outcome of the struggle. We all need to be fresh and ready. They all agreed and began to walk in different directions when Archer grabbed Liam and Dorian. What about Rogue? He was supposed to be our wild card. Dorian ran a hand through his hair. He did what you would expect from a wild guard. He helped us out at the lab and then took off. Archer's jaw dropped. He's gone? Liam nodded. Aye, brother. I don't know if we could have gotten into the lab without him, though. He left a trail of dead guards leading to Julian's room. It was easier to follow him than Hansel and Gretel's breadcrumbs. If he hadn't done that, I'm not sure we could have taken all those guards out on our own. Archer nodded and thoughtfully tapped the arms of his wheelchair. Well, I figured he was only going to be good for one big play. Luckily for us, that one move was getting Julian back. Alright, you kids run along and get some sleep. Things will be clearer by the time we all get up. I'm almost sure of it. The three of them shook hands and walked away. As they moved away from Archer, Dory nudged Liam with his elbow. 
Why do you think he waited till the two of us were away from the others to ask us that? Liam looked over his shoulder at Archer. I don't think he'd trust anyone that came in with Adrian still. That's Claire and Cassidy. I don't think he'd trust the wee lad either. He's gonna have to learn pretty quickly though. If we're all going into this thing together, we're all gonna have to trust each other. Julian woke several hours later, feeling slightly disoriented at first from the nighttime feel of being below ground, but overall, he was refreshed by his sleep. Michaela was talking to someone in a bed a few rows over from him. He coughed to get her attention, and she turned and smiled with tired eyes. Good morning, hero. How are you feeling? Julian chuckled and sat up. <laughs> I'm no hero, Kayla. I'm feeling fine, actually. A lot happened yesterday, or this morning. I guess a lot has happened since I got here, really. She smiled again and then looked concerned. Julian, they're saying that no one else came back with you. Do you think? He cut her off before she could even say what she was thinking. They're not dead, Kayla. I'm sure of it. Wade. Something else might have happened to Wade, but he's not dead. We can fix it. We can fix everything. We just need to get things done. Can you get everyone down here, or tell me where everyone is? She smiled gently at him and stood up. I'll get them. Archer wanted to keep you away from everyone else for a while until we know what we're doing. Don't want to overwhelm you with crowds and whatnot. She started to leave before turning around and shyly planting a kiss on his forehead. I'm glad you're alright, Julian. I really am. With that, she ran off and Julian heard someone chuckling from the bed that Michaela had been at before coming to talk to him. Well now, you become a regular ladies' man since I saw you last now, didn't you? Julian looked over quickly and was overjoyed to see Clyde sitting up in his bed, grinning mischievously at him. He laughed loudly and walked over to his old friend, giving him a long hug. It's good to see you, fiasco. Clyde rolled his eyes. Please, Julian. I've heard enough from Archer since I woke up. Let's not bring back the nickname, okay? Julian smiled and put a hand on the man's shoulder. How are you feeling? Clyde looked down dejectedly. Well, I'm alive. They beat me pretty badly over there, and they broke my legs too. I guess that means I won't be rushing into battle with you all. Unless Archer has another wheelchair handy. Julian patted his shoulder comfortingly. It's alright. I'd rather have you back here with broken legs than still sitting in Benedict's dungeon. A frown crossed his face. Clyde, do you know what happened to Max? He's the one person that we've had no idea about since we've got here. We're missing Adrian and Wade as well, but we saw them get taken. Did you see what happened to Max? Clyde furrowed his brow. Honestly, Jules, I have no idea. I really don't even know what happened to me. It happened so fast. I drove the truck through the front gate like I always do. But before I had a chance to get out, guards ripped me and Max out of the cab of the truck and dragged us off. I haven't seen him since. As he finished, Archer wheeled his way into the room, followed by Dorian, Liam, and Claire. Julian smiled widely as he noticed Liam and Claire walking close together, getting close enough to hold hands, but still not daring to. Archer rolled up to him softly. Feeling better? Julian nodded. I wasn't hurting. Whatever happened in that lab took care of that. I was just tired. Archer was beaming. 
good. Because I truly believe that now is the perfect time to strike. The boys have brought me up to speed on everything. Plus I have scouts sporadically roaming the streets. Santana and his two cronies have not been seen since that little encounter at Vegas. Julian grimaced. Yeah, but that doesn't mean anything. Remember that before we saw them at Vegas, they had disappeared for a while also. They were maniacs before the accident at the lab, now they're mutated maniacs. Archer nodded. Yes, I know they can pop back up at any time, but this time they won't be leading anyone but themselves. Julian looked at him warily. Well, what do you mean? Archer looked at him gravely. Almost all of Santana's followers have been wiped out. Gone. Around 50 of them. Benedict's guards have had a field day with it, leaving the bodies out in the open for the rest of the town to see, making a show of it whenever they can. It was a bloodbath out there. Julian looked around with a pensive expression. They were still people of Hyde. They were just desperate and scared, that's why they followed Santana. Benedict must be stopped. Claire shifted uncomfortably on her feet and Liam put a thick arm around her. She smiled at him thankfully, and he blushed. Dorian cleared his throat. <clears throat> While we're on the subject of those freaks, do you have any idea what happened in the lab? I mean, you and I and the little guy all got exposed to the serum as well. Rogue, too. Why haven't any of us turned into, well, monsters? Julian looked at him decisively. I thought about it for a while, and the answer came back to me pretty quick. Dorian arched his eyebrow. Yeah? Julian nodded. Yeah. Dead human flesh. The second subject that Vega injected with the serum was a cadaver. That body mutated and came back to life as the vicious, mindless beast that Liam and Sammy saw under the town. If the serum has an adverse reaction to dead human flesh, Dorian cut him off excitedly. Then people who eat dead human flesh would have a similar reaction. I didn't even think of that. Julian nodded and then scowled in disgust. Exactly. Their stomachs must have been full of the stuff, and the serum reacted to it immediately after they inhaled it. The scary thing is, the beast under the city is just dead. Santana and his men are very much alive, and probably are still able to think. When they left, I heard Santana yell something to them, and they followed him out of there. Clyde shuddered. Freaky stuff. Archer nodded agreement, but they're out of the picture for now, along with their followers. In addition to that, the hospital now appears to be completely abandoned. No sign of Vega anywhere, and all his guards were consolidated with Benedict's guards. That means two out of our three main obstacles for taking back the town are out of the way. Julian sat up in alarm. Vega's gone? They all looked at each other nervously and Archer nodded. Julian sprang to his feet. Well, we have to find him. He still has Wade. He started looking around madly for his bag of things and couldn't find it anywhere. Where is it? Did you hide it? We need to find him. Archer approached him, extending his arm gently. Jules. Julian slapped his hand away. Don't. You aren't talking me out of this. I need Wade to do this. I know him longer than anyone else and he's the only person I trust completely. Now he's gone. Archer looked at him kindly. No, Julian. There's one more person that you trust completely, and he might just tip the battle completely over in our favor. Julian looked at him with mad eyes and then pushed past him and the rest of the group. I don't know what you're talking about, Archer. 
I'm going to find my friend. Don't try to stop me. As he reached the doorway, a figure emerged and blocked his path. You aren't going anywhere, Julian. Julian froze at the sound of the voice, his jaw dropping slack in shock. What? The familiar figure calmly walked into the room with a gentle smile on his face. Hello, boy. You need to finish this now, before you move on. Julian couldn't move as Horace walked over to him and embraced him. His face scrunched up in confusion as a little Australian shepherd trotted happily up to them embracing. Is... is that a dog? But how? Julian was still staring at Horace in amazement as they now sat in an area of the basement designated just for Archer and his inner circle. Horace chuckled delightedly as he lovingly pet Flex, who had jumped up into his lap. It was actually fairly simple, I'm sad to say. The east gate of the city was completely abandoned. Wide open, too. I was able to stroll right in. There were people running everywhere, screaming and looking frightened. I saw several people get shot, the ones wearing cloaks. I finally came across a group of people that seemed to have an actual destination in mind. I asked about you and Archer, and they told me that they had heard about a meeting place for the Resistance. I went with them, and here I am. Archer was just as shocked to see me as you were. He laughed again heartily, and Julian looked around in bewilderment. What about the dog? I don't think I've ever seen a healthier-looking dog in my entire life. Horace laughed again. <laughs> I think I'll take credit for that one. This little unicorn came out of the woods after you left. It was the day that I was missing you and Wade the most since you both left. This little guy right here was about to become dinner for a bear before I scooped him up. And here he is now. He is just the sweetest little man. Julian smiled happily at the expression on Horace's face. He had never had children of his own. That's why he had always been so protective of Julian and Wade. Watching him now, he realized that Flex was the baby that Horace had never been able to have. He shook his head as something that Horace said suddenly resonated with him. Wait, the east gate is open and unguarded? That means... Archer cut him off. It means that people can leave and they aren't. It means that people want to stand and fight with you, Julian. They want to take their town back, not run away. Do you see? If you take off now to track down Vega, all is lost. We have to finish this. Julian opened his mouth to protest and then shut it. They were right. He knew it in his heart. His last time seeing Wade weakly waving goodbye was still fresh in his memory, though, and it burned. He bit his lip and nodded. Archer smiled at him. Julian, I swear to you, as soon as all of this is over, we will help you get Wade back here. Who knows? Maybe Vega is hiding in Benedict Manor and Wade is still with him. Julian shook his head forcefully. No, I don't think so. Vega and Benedict's business relationship was disintegrating. I wouldn't be shocked if Vega packed up his bags and left, taking Wade with him. Clyde looked at him questioningly. Why would he do that? Julian sighed and revealed what Vega had told him in the lab about performing the procedure on Wade and turning him into his own personal one-man army. They all looked at him in shock and horror as he finished. Claire spoke first. Julian, I'm so sorry. Julian waved her away. Thanks, Claire. 
But like you all said, that'll have to be taken care of later. The future of this town is at stake right now. Archer, what's our next step? Archer pointed to Liam. First, we have to try to come up with an arrangement between the bandits outside of Hyde and us. They've been under Benedict's control all these years, but Liam here has a history with the leader and some of the members, it seems. He's agreed to go out to them to try to strike a deal so that we can move the non-combatants out of the city. Julian looked at Liam in amazement. The bandits that have been holding Hyde hostage are your old crew? Liam nodded grimly. Jesus. Small world. Liam laughed without any humor. Bye, brother. I'll be taking Dorian and Clint with me. Julian looked at him earnestly. Do you really think you'll be able to convince them not to kill anyone we send out? Liam shrugged. I don't know. What I do know is that if talking doesn't work, I have a backup plan that's sure to work. Julian raised an eyebrow. What's that? Liam narrowed his eyes like a predator watching its prey. Don't worry about it, boyo. Just do your part, and I'll take care of mine. I know how to handle bandits. I know how they have to be dealt with. Julian looked back toward Archer, who continued. Right. So if Liam and his team are successful with the bandits, we will have to move all of the non-combatants out of the city right away. I would like to strike first, but if Benedict gets wind of what we're doing, he may try to attack the defenseless to crush our spirits. It's imperative that we get them out of here as fast as we can. Julian nodded. You said you wanted to be the first to strike. Any idea of how we're going to do that? Archer sighed and fidgeted in his chair. That's the problem. The mayor and his guards are all dug in at the manor right now. It's well fortified and extremely well supplied. He's been doing other things to break our spirits. Julian looked at him, confused. Like what? Horace spoke up. He's been tossing people off the roof, boy. The people he had in dungeons in his basement. Julian shuddered. My god, that could have been Clyde and Sammy. We should have taken more with us. Liam cut him off. Don't do that, brother. There was no way we could have gotten any more out with us. Hell, we lost two of our own just to get two people out of there. Julian nodded. I guess you're right. Archer cracked his knuckles nervously. So a siege is out of the question. They're better supplied than us and better armed. Knowing how unpredictable Benedict is, he may just give the order to attack at some point and wipe out the town. Not now, though. Now he's frightened and in shock because the formula that's worked so many years for him has finally blown up in his face. He'll keep hiding in his castle until he works up enough courage to come after us. Horace spoke up again. If he's not going to leave that place, then we should take that place away from him. Archer looked at him curiously, and he continued. The tunnels underneath the city. I know they probably haven't been used since me and the boy left here. Someone pointed Benedict's Manor out to me, and I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that a tunnel runs directly underneath that place. Archer, do you have any explosives? Archer's eyes grew wide as Horace's plan crystallized. My god, Horace, you're a genius. You want to actually take out the manor with everyone still inside it? Claire moved forward hastily. Well, wait a minute. What about my brother? And Max, they may still be in there. Horace looked at her kindly. Calm yourself, little miss. If the blast takes out the foundation, the house won't completely collapse right away. 
it will be enough of an impact and will make the structure unstable enough to force everyone that is inside outside. If they run out and see an entire town ready to fight them, chances are they will most likely surrender. They all looked around at each other and Julian smiled broadly. It looks like we have ourselves a plan. We better get moving. They all stood and Julian put a tentative arm on Horace's arm. If you all don't mind, I'd like to talk to Horace alone. They all agreed and Liam and Dorian helped wheel Clyde's hospital bed, which they had taken from its place, back to its original resting spot. Sammy followed behind everyone, holding Flex's makeshift leash and leading the happy little dog out of the room. The door closed behind them, leaving only Julian and Horace in Archer's private room. Archer stayed behind with Clyde to talk about things, and Liam, Dorian, and Claire went to the upper level of the warehouse, where Clint Cassidy was waiting for them nervously. What was taking you guys so long? This whole thing seems like a bad idea. Liam smiled broadly at him and clapped a strong hand on his back. Ah, rubbish, we'll be fine. You've got the Irish cowboy and his trusty sidekick, the human science experiment with you. Dorian scowled and stalked away. It's not funny, Liam. I don't know what the hell happened in that lab. I don't know what's happening to me. Liam rolled his eyes theatrically. Such drama all the time, Jesus. Are we all packed up? Clint nodded and hurried after Dorian to join him. Liam turned slowly to Claire and gave her a wide smile. She looked at him with concern. Do you have everything you need? Liam nodded slowly. Aye, lass. Just one more thing. From his pocket, he produced the maroon and gold bandana, which he tied firmly around a broom handle. It's Marauder colors. As long as I'm flying these when I get close to them, they won't start shooting right away. Claire nodded and then got a mischievous smile on her face. You still need one more thing, though. Liam looked at her, clearly baffled. She rolled her eyes, approached him, and planted a kiss square on his mouth. The Irishman's eyes went wide in surprise. And as quickly as the kiss had begun, it was over. She backed away from him with a sly smile. You better come back safe, Liam O'Leary. The Irish cowboy, who was never at a loss for words, could only turn and walk away, his face burning like fire. Thank you so much for joining me for chapter 29. Next time, we will see a discussion between Horace and Julian that should have happened a long time ago. Will Horace reveal more secrets about Hyde to Julian? Will Julian be able to hold himself together while dealing with his new abilities? You'll have to tune in next time to find out. So until we meet again, make your story a good story. And maybe, someday, I'll be telling your story. Be safe out there, everyone. Goodbye.